Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. This is Dave Winners from Leaving Ring Radio. You're a host of Leaving Ring Radio, the founder of Leaving Radio. Um, so I'm on Locker Room. I'm on the Locker Room app, which I'm really enjoying. I'm really liking this app, man. Um, it is giving me a chance to get on here and, and just kind of throw up post thoughts about fights or uh, upcoming fights that I don't get to add on to the live feed, to the live show that that we have going on on uh, Pandora and YouTube and Blog Talk, Spotify, you know, everywhere we can actually put ourselves on. Um, I am waiting for the co-host of Hispanics Causing Panic, G-Funky, to join me here on the uh, on the show. Um, let me see. I did send him. Let me send it to him right now. Again, just really quick. All right. So anyways. Um, okay. So really quick, man. <clears throat> I'm still getting used to this app. Here. I'm still trying to, you know, work it and hold on to my hand because I'm so used to being freehanded or touching the, the keyboard on my laptop or doing a live feed show on YouTube. So this is, um, this is still kind of new to me. I see that some folks are jumping on. Anyways. Um, I want to talk about last night's fiasco type of fight that happened. I think the whole card was kind of weird on the zone for the Jacobs and Rosardo uh, main event. And uh, let me see. I think I got the Hispanic causing panic host G Funky. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I can hear you, man. Cool, cool. So what, 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 what are we talking about, bro? Well, I want. I was talking a little earlier. First off, man, hey, thanks for coming on the Locker Room app here to talk to me, Boxing. Um, I want to talk about last night, you know, um, card on the zone. You know that actually, I even went on there late because I wasn't too. You know, you know, honestly, I thought Danny Jacobs at 168. Now he's campaigning. He left 160. Um, he's definitely still chasing, you know, Canelo and Gennady Golovkin for a rematch. That's his hopes. Uh, the last outing that we saw him was up against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., one of our favorite fighters to talk about, <laughs> right? And uh, but no, listen. Um, I thought, I thought that that I thought for sure. I'm sorry. I thought for sure what I was going to witness with him getting in with Gabriel Rosado. We all know uh, Gabriel is a, a a warrior. A guy goes in there, he puts his heart on his sleeve. But really, honestly, he always comes up short. His face just doesn't hold up uh, when you start jabbing him or landing big shots. So I figured, ah, I'll go on later. Uh, you know, um, I'm spending time with the family, spending time with the wife. I thought, well, I'll go on later, and then I'll just watch the you know, end result of this fight uh, because I wasn't really expecting it to be, you know, any anything other than a one-sided deal for Danny Jacobs putting on Gabriel Rosado, right? So here I am sitting down on the couch, relaxing, fireplace is going. I just ate another plate of, of turkey and, you know, mashed potatoes and all that, right, from the leftovers from Thanksgiving. By the way, man, how was your Thanksgiving? Cool, man. Just, you know, nice and quiet, uh, you know, different from uh, any other year, <laughs> but it was cool. Right, right. And I call it, you know, I hate calling it Thanksgiving. I call it Turkey Day. You know, and I think it's myself and you, 
uh, you know, us being Latinos, Hispanics, um, we don't really celebrate. Th- oh, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving, but you know, we do do whole the, the whole turkey thing. But I like, like I said, I like calling it turkey thing. I don't know. It's a whole other different subject, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, right, and I'm enjoying my food, and I finish it up, and I saw my phone blowing up a few times, right from different fight fans that have my personal line. But one of my really good friends, Brian Fogg, dude, calls me up. And the only time Brian calls me during a fight is when the fight's really good or it's really bad. So I was like, okay, it's either got to be a really good fight that's going down, meaning that Danny Jacobs came in and, it fi- you know, fights have finally caught up with him, which we kind of saw happening with Julio Cesar Chavez, right? Um, he didn't look that great. And I was like, that was the only way that Gabriel Rosario was going to, you know, have a chance of beating Danny Jacobs. So I go, I better go jump on. So I run to the the boxing lab, my podcast room, jump on, put on the zone, and then I call Brian. I'm like, let me know what's up. He's like, dude, this fight is fucking terrible. (laughs) Garbage. Danny Jacobs looks his age. It looks like it's like an overhyped boxing sparring match. And I'm like, that's not how Saturday night, though. The overhyped sparring match that's happening here, G. You know what I mean? (laughs) So let me get your thoughts, man, about what you thought about Danny Jacobs, who obviously got the win. But now we found out he's no longer from Brooklyn. He's from Philadelphia. Yeah, that was really something, man. Uh, I was watching the fight. I was actually calling it live on my YouTube channel. And there were some guys, you know, like I I felt Daniel Jacobs won the fight. Um, you know, I was scoring the rounds. I mean, was there a chance that I was probably just not paying attention anymore because some of these rounds were so bad? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, right. But I did, I did feel like he controlled the fight. I felt like he was the ring general for sure. I felt like when he wanted to box, he was boxing. I felt like when he wanted to come forward, he would push Rosado back without even using a jab. Like, that, that's how bad Rosado was, too. Like, he was just allowing Jacobs to walk straight to him. And, and he wasn't firing nothing at him while he's just walking in without a jab, nothing. Um, but I felt like, he, like I said, I felt like he controlled the ring. I felt like he, his defense was a little bit better. And I felt like he landed the, the cleaner shots. Um, he was countering Rosado good off that lazy jab Rosado was throwing. He was hitting him with check hooks to the head and to the body. And, um, but it was just a bad, bad performance. And I said to myself when it went 12 and I couldn't hear the commentary because I had my headphones on, but mm-hmm. people were telling me that the, the zone commentators were, were saying that the fight was close, you know, like I didn't think it was close, <laughs> but they were saying that it was close. So I'm like, you know what? They were saying, Hey, they might rob Jacobs. And I said, you know what? I would not feel sorry for him at all if the, if the judges right. went the other way with it because he brought it on himself by by coming in there and, and acting like it was a sparring session, like you said. And he even said it himself after the fight. I mean, this is terrible. I, I, I am not a believer in Jacobs anymore, man. I think that Jacobs – let me ask you this, man. Jacobs, in a way, adopted Andy Ruiz's excuse by admitting to something that most fighters shouldn't admit during a live post interview, you know, when he said, ah, I felt like it was sparring, um, you know, it was really hard to get into it with no audience, eccentric, <laughs> but no excuses. I'm a professional. When he said that, I'm like, well, a professional wouldn't say that, and especially a professional wouldn't go out there and, and kind of give that kind of performance of what he did, uh, you know, facing uh, Gabriel Rosado, right? He should have went out there and, and, and as a professional brought his, his A game. 
instead of now making an excuse that it was such a horrible fight, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to say, uh, I don't want to make no excuses, but then you make excuses. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know, like you, you, you should have went in there and got the job done. Jacobs, like there's no excuse here, man. Rosado, you were a, a minus 2,500, according to the MGM last night. You should have <laughs> went in there and took care of this guy. This guy is known for bleeding. He's not a big puncher, although, like you said, he's got a lot of heart. Like, I figured Rosado would come out and try to push him, and he didn't do that himself. He was out there trying to box, trying to look pretty, trying not to get hit. You know, it was just a bad, bad night of boxing. Um, Horrible fight for both guys. But I tell you this, man, I think Rosado earned himself a a couple of more big paydays. And for Jacob— That's the bad part, though, G-Funk. I mean, here. Okay, so he went out there, and I heard Gabriel— uh, his, you know, his post interview and about why he thought he should have won that fight was because he came out there, you know, fighting a different style than we're used to him seeing. And I'm like, that doesn't mean you should get the fight. You shouldn't get the win all be- just because you decided to change your style in front of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I was going, I was like immediately thinking, dude, this is all bad for Gabriel because this is a mirage for the kid now. Because now he's thinking, oh, I can compete. I should get a rematch with Gennady Golovkin. Or I should get a shot at Canelo or Andrade or all these other guys. Which leads into a good payday for him. But in reality, I mean, Danny Jacobs basically showed us how bad he was. And Gabriel Rosado showed us how shot he was all in one 12, 12 rounds of, of, of fighting. You know what I mean? I mean, both of them kind of put themselves in the... On, on the slab there to let us know that, you know what, I don't think these guys should continue. I continue with their careers. I think they're done. Yep. It was, uh, it looked like to me, like both guys were just stuck in first gear. Like the, the pace was slow from first round all the way to, to round 12. Right. There was no sense of urgency from either guy. I mean, if, if, if they thought the fight was close, you know, you normally we see this, you know, the fight's closed. You got to get out. You got to come out here. You got to start winning these rounds. Like, let's go. Let's get this thing going. Like, you just did not see that from them, either guy. Wow. And it, it just made for ugly, ugly boxing last night. And Jacobs gets beat by all these guys at, at 168. I don't think he can beat Plant. I don't think he can beat uh, Benavidez. I don't think he can beat Billy Joe Saunders. No. I think if, if, if Jamal Charlo moves up from 160, which he's talked about doing, I think he beats him. I think if he fought Jamal Charlo last night, Jamal Charlo knocks him out. That's what yeah. I think, man. Damn, yeah, Jacobs no, I agree is, with you. He's no, true. I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that there, man. Yeah, I think he – I think he, we've seen his better days. Um, you know, I heard the commentators talking about the commentators and how terrible they were last night. I mean, honestly, they were pulling teeth trying to get any type of content going because that's how bad this fight was. It was just really boring. <laughs> they, like you said, the gears were not even being pushed in this fight. Um you know, I, I, I go back and I'm, 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 I'm wondering what they're going to do with Danny Jacobs. Like, where do you put him at at this moment? Because, you know, I was talking, like I said, to my good friend Brian Fogg, who used to write for Leaving the Ring and covered the sport uh, in Arizona and, and whatnot, you know, when he was um, active as a boxing journalist. And he was just like, if I was Canelo, this is the perfect fight for me as a rematch because you can knock this guy out now you know where Danny Jacobs has shown man he's got a good beard I mean he got he did get uh, uh Pirog did knock him out 
but he was going through so much. He, was, he had just lost his grandmother, you know, and, and everything else. But here's another thing. Here's another point, though, about what the commentators were saying about Danny Jacobs, saying the switch of a trainer can sometimes mess you up. Uh, gee, I don't know if that's the, is there any truth to that in watching that fight because anytime I've seen a fighter switch, like when Oscar De La Hoya used to switch trainers, you could see him struggling uh, uh, with uh, himself, within himself, not trying to, you know, bring back the old golden boy, right? Do the old, the old uh, uh, mistakes. Danny Jacobs didn't show any of that. So how are you able to analyze or even get that suggestion that he's confused because he's got a new trainer if he actually didn't do anything of what the old Danny Jacobs would have done in this fight? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think that he's just, I don't know, man. I'm just going to lean towards more. He's just not the same guy anymore. Um, has nothing to do with his trainers or anything like that. Um, he just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, it's a it's a pattern for me, man. Mm-hmm. There's the, the Chavez Jr. fight, look, he, he he got bailed out because Chavez quit, which is nothing new. I mean, he right. quit in his last fight, you know, so that's 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 what he always does. So, I mean, did he kind of pick up the pace a little bit on Chavez Jr. towards the end of that fight? I mean, I think so. He was kind of forced, though. Well, yeah. Rosado didn't even force, you know, force the fight. Like, Rosado decided... Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there looking like uh, you know uh, uh, BJ Saunders or Rocky, <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to try that here, you know. And being with like Freddie Roach, I mean Freddie Roach is probably like this is great. Here's another thing: Rosado goes in the post that post interview goes like everybody was saying that I bleed and I get cut. Well, dog, you didn't even get a hit. Jenny Jacobs didn't even attempt to like land something solid on you the whole night, you know. And and so of course you didn't bleed. That does that you know you can't give credit to something that nobody didn't even decide. I mean, Danny didn't even decide to try to throw a hard right straight right or left hook. I mean, it was just it was all all on Danny that made Gabriel Rosado look a lot better than what he is. That's that that was my problem. That's why I'm like, do I want to? Let me ask you this, or anybody wants to come on or you know and join on in on this. I know it's really early. Everybody's probably getting ready and getting getting their stuff set up for the uh, heavyweight fight that's going to happen on uh, ESPN plus. <laughs> but let me, let me, let me, let me ask this. Okay. <clears throat> gee, I forgot what I was going to ask. Gee. <laughs> I think maybe you were going to ask me if, if uh, a rematch will be something that I'm interested in. Oh yeah. Even a real, yeah. Let me ask you that. Do you think any rematches that Danny Jacob is now campaign? Or do you have any interest of seeing this guy get back in there with Canelo or even with triple G? I would say Triple G, maybe. Mm-hmm. Canelo, that fight doesn't go past six rounds with Canelo. I think Canelo knocks him, knocks him out. Um, well, who would be the point for Canelo? Let me ask you that. Like, what, what, their, what reward does Canelo win by facing Danny Jacobs? Nothing. Nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. I could maybe. see more for Gennady Golovkin. I think I, that fight would make more sense because People are starting to believe that Gennady Golovkin is start, starting to roll downhill. But but Ganelo, who's looking to solidify himself as one of the greatest Mexican champions, to put him in the line of, like, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. And, and, and Salvador Sanchez and Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales, Danny Little Lopez Lopez. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's the route he's looking for. I just don't see Danny Jacobs adding him, especially how one-sided – 
that fight was. I mean, I mean, we got to be honest. That was a pretty clear win for Canelo when they faced each other the first time. Yes, I agree. That was right? a good, a pretty uh, clear cut win for Canelo. Um, although it was a good fight, I enjoyed watching that fight. But uh, no, I did too. I mean, I there were like people it was a- complaining because they were like. Because Canelo is just not your typical Mexican warrior. You know, he's not going to go head and head with you. He likes to box. He likes to counter you. Whereas we're Gennady Golovkin and Danny Jacobs, and we talked about this on the uh, Leaving the Ring Roundtable. I think you agreed with me that that fight was a lot closer and more competitive when Triple G and Danny Jacobs stepped in with each other, right? Yes, absolutely. I felt like, I actually felt like Jacobs won that fight. Right. But a close fight, you know, you can see, you can make a strong case for either guy. But I, on, on the night of the fight, I scored it for Jacobs. But, yeah, that, that's a much better fight at this point than a Canelo fight. Canelo gains nothing from that but a payday. Um, at least if Jacobs gets another crack at Golovkin, uh, maybe he could beat him. Who knows? And then maybe they could do it again a third time. They have a trilogy. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's about it. <laughs> I was I was cracking up with Sergio Mora and some of the stuff that he was saying, because like I said, I think he was just like pulling, sticking his hand really down the hat to pull something out to, you know, keep it going. And, and there's one thing, there's one trend that I've kind of noticed about having a, a ex-fighter commentating. And I think you agree with me on this one here, bro, is they like to. They like to put themselves in place of the situation that's going going on hand in front of them. You know, like like they'll go like, well, you know, if it was me, I would have done this. Or, you know, um, back when I fought this guy or when I used to train. And I always felt like that's kind of a bad way of kind of explaining things to the listeners and the audience that they're, they're watching the fight. Because every situation is how I feel is always different. It's not the same, you know. And when... When when Sergio Mora was asked that Gabriel Rosado can pull this off, and he goes out for the KO, or I mean, he, actually, he was talking about Danny Jacobs. You know, if Danny Jacobs goes out there because he was being asked by his corner to finish strong, try to make something happen because it was they thought too it was a little close, right? But then Sergio Mora jumped in and goes, "No, it's done. He, you, you, he's fought like this for eleven rounds. You can't expect him to just change what he's been doing for eleven rounds. It is what it is." And I was just like, "That's not true, bro." He goes, that doesn't happen. That's what he said. It doesn't happen in boxing. And I'm like thinking like, Sergio, what, what sport are you watching? Yeah. You know, because stuff, do, you know, there are times where a guy can pull it off, you know, at the end of the round. We've seen this numerous times where a guy's been losing. He lost every single round, but then one punch changed the whole, the whole uh, uh, fight. You know, yeah, that's the beautiful thing about boxing is right. because you could be down like, let's say, you know, football, basketball, whatever. You could be down by a, a ton and you just run out of time because you just can't catch up. You know, there's too much. The, the deficit is too wide. It's never that case in boxing. Like you said, you could lose every single round and then all of a sudden you land one shot and then boom, you the fight can change. You could knock a guy out, you know, with one punch. So. That's the beautiful thing about boxing, man. And for Sergio Mora to say that, that's just ridiculous, man. I, I have my issues with him, man. I, I never liked him as a commentary. Didn't really like him much as a fighter either. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't really, I didn't really care for him as a fighter. I didn't. I mean, you know, he carried no punching power, but because he kept bringing up that, you know, I think the reason he was bringing this up, okay, um, and I'm just this is my assumption because it, it made to really know what he was thinking would require for me to be in his head. And I don't think I want to be in Sergio Moro's head, okay? But I'm thinking he thinks Rosario doesn't have a big punch. There's no way he's going to take out Danny Jacobs, okay? And then he's thinking, well, Danny Jacobs 
for these 11 rounds hasn't showed anything of, of, of worth that he wants to land something big. Now, if you would have said that, I would have said, I agree with that. But to say that Danny Jacobs couldn't dig deep and then decide to go out there and go, you know what, it's the last round. I'm just going to let my hands go. Uh, I'm going to bring out the old Danny because I don't have to worry about the following round that I'm going to be tired, you know, and I'm going to do this, right? And that I, I, I could, it could happen, but it did play out the way Sergio Mora has said that it was going to happen, you know. But, but going back, what I think is that Mora believes that because Rosado doesn't have a punch, it's not going to force Jacobs to fight any harder. When at the same time, I'm like, well, Sergio, you never had a punch, and you were able to drop, drop Danny, Danny Jacobs too. Mm-hmm. You know, which led into him going into the Gennady Golovkin fight where everybody, not myself, but a lot of other fight fans and, 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 and fight pugs were saying, you know, Gennady Golovkin is going to roll through Danny Jacobs in one or two rounds. And guess what? He ended up going 12 rounds. Yep. You know, Good so point. like that, that whole narrative of what he was trying to, like, you know, uh, produce on last night's fight was like, you know, Sergio, I mean, you should know this better than anybody else. You've been in the fight game for how many years? That there's never a, a, a very solid script in boxing. It doesn't work in boxing. Yeah, I agree, man. That's a good point that he did put Jacobs down and Moreau was not known to be a big puncher, but somebody should have told Daniel Jacobs. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they could have sent him a, a letter in the mail or something, you know, <laughs> email. But Rosado is not a big puncher either, but he's in there acting like this guy had so much power. Like he was just afraid to go in there and get hit from this guy. Like, yeah, I honestly feel like if he just picked it up, picked up the pace just a little bit, probably no, I, stops him. You know, I do believe though, G, that guys, there are fighters that when they hit that thirty year year uh, age range, is they tend to overthink their punches of what they want to do, so they hesitate. That's one thing, and the other one too is I too I do believe that fighters and their management tend to go, hey, you can't go all out there because we got big money fights. We, we need you to preserve yourself. Could that be the case with Danny Jacobs? I don't think it is. I don't think that is the case. I think the one first case is, yes, he overthinks his punches now. He's in that, he stepped into that, into that era of his life right now. As an older fighter, he's overthinking things. But the other one about being preserved, I don't think that's the case because we didn't even see him attempt to show that he had any more fire left in the Brooklyn light fighter, you know? Yep. There was literally no fire in him last night. And again, in there with a guy who doesn't punch hard, can cut very easily. You know, there was, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a golden brick road for him or yellow brick road I should say, <laughs> for right. him last night. And he couldn't close the deal, man. Just, just like a couple weeks ago with, with Devin Haney and, and Gamboa, same thing, a guy who's, old at the end of his rope you know he's coming off of a bad achilles injury the guy's been been knocked out multiple times he's been down 17 times his career and he couldn't put him down not one time um i i gotta keep the same energy here with daniel jacobs man this is a guy he should have got out of there last night there was no excuses for that at all and um that fire is gone (laughs) you know the rumor about gabriel Rosado is that if you sneeze on him he starts bleeding yeah. <laughs> and that didn't happen last night, you know. What even made it even more weird through the whole night with the zone card between Danny Jacobs and Gabriel Rosardo is that I think the judges got it right, 15-13, all straight across the board. So I don't know how they were able to stay up 
and <laughs> watch that. Because, like I said, I ended up going on at, I think it was the sixth or seventh round is when I tuned in. And then I didn't even bother to go back and look look at the first six rounds. I just finished off that, that round. But I did go bother to watch the undercard fights and stuff where you had white chocolate and, and the other heavyweight and stuff. But um, what I think is, though, was hilarious is that when the ring announcer goes up to read the scorecard, right, is that when he makes the announcement, um, he goes, <laughs> and out of Philly. <laughs> you saw Gabriel Zalman just like, yeah, he goes and hugs. Uh, Freddie Roach, man, and they're like all in complete celebration. But then, and then, the, and then the, I mean, the ring announcer goes into Brooklyn. Danny Jacobs, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, because I was like, wait a minute, did he say? I'm confused here. Like, who won? <laughs> I was the same way, man. I was thinking to myself, is there a new section in Brooklyn called Philadelphia or something, or what? Yeah, like, I mean, dude. This, Man, that was crazy, but I, I, I started laughing so hard because I thought they robbed Jacobs, and you know what? It, I was saying to myself, look, it's his fault. He decided right. to fight this way, and yep. he gave the judges. We know boxing. You can't give the judges an opportunity to rob you, and that's what he did last night. Now, they, they gave it to him in a close fight. Every judge had it 7-5, uh, to five, which is a close fight, you know, and – um. That that was definitely something to see the guy say from Philadelphia and then from Brooklyn. <laughs> but dude, he didn't even pause though. Do you notice that? Like he, it just rolled off his tongue like just really at ease. Like he was like from Philadelphia, Brooklyn, <laughs> and, then, and, then he, and then he proceeds to go Danny Jacobs, the winner. I'm like, wait a minute. That's why. And then you even see, you even saw Danny Jacobs like stop for a minute and then walked up to him like, hey man. Did I win? Did I win this fight? Yeah. You couldn't tell who won the fight. Even by the body language, I couldn't tell. Right. Like, I had my headphones on, and I had the volume really low, so like, I couldn't hear everything, but I'm just looking at the body language, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. You know, like... And, uh, somebody, somebody was throwing back the old grandpa's medicine before they got <laughs> up in that ring, <laughs> that ring apron to announce the winner of that fight, you know? It was cold-blooded. You know, I was with you. I was like, Danny Jacob lost this fight. He deserved it because he didn't do anything. He tried to produce anything to show us that he's still an elite uh, fighter at 160, 168. That's my immediate thought. But, but then when I, when I, you know, but my other thought was, dude, but now we're making Gabriel Zotto believe that he shouldn't hang up the gloves, that he's still up in the tiers of being one of the best fighters right now to compete, be competitive against the other guys that are reigning at 168. That was my only thing I was thinking, like, oh, man, I feel bad for Gabriel because he's going to find out that his face really is not going to hold up when somebody has a punch because Danny Jacobs didn't decide to throw anything with any effort. Yeah, I agree. And you know what I was saying before the fight started because they were showing the guys warming up in the back. And one thing that I like when it comes to boxing is I like when I see guys work up a nice sweat before they walk out to that ring. Jacob was back right. there hitting the pads, and he had sweat rolling down his face, rolling down his chest and his back. And I was thinking to myself, he's coming out here to, to try to put something on this guy early to get him out of there. That's what I was thinking. Right. He was nice and warm and ready to go, and then we got what we got. I mean, that was just pathetic, man. And let me tell you something. Life, life is precious. Your, your time is precious. Don't waste your time going back and watching those first six rounds, man. It, you, <laughs> there's a lot more you could do with your time than that. I wasted about 40-something minutes of my life that I'll never get back watching that right, fight last right. night. 
if there's anything, you know what's crazy? Because the whole pandemic, 2020, hasn't been the greatest. Not for, you know, I mean, it's just the, the world's been at pause. Sports have been at pause. Um, but if there's going to be, we always do, you know, the end of the year awards for boxing, best KO, best the fight of the year. Uh, best round of the year. I think that we can quickly say that Danny Jacobs, Gabriel Rosado, deserves the award of worst fight of 2020. I agree. And you know what I say? This was dumpster juice of the year, man, for sure. <laughs> I was going to say that. Dude, this <laughs> is the definition of dumpster juice. Not just, yes. not just the whole fight, but even the way they announced the winner. That was dump, dumpster juice all, <laughs> all the way, bro. All the way. You know, Definitely. here's the sad thing about it is that tonight, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., which somebody put on my Twitter feed, like, dude, uh, jo- Roy Jones looks juiced up. Bro, he looks bloated. What yeah. are you talking about? He looks like a 50, 50-something-year-old bloated guy that, that's trying to get back his, uh, you know, prime days. It just doesn't look good. Now, Mike Tyson, he looked all right, you know. Uh, but going back, this is the sad part is that, this fight's probably going to be far more entertaining than these two 30-year-old guys that are still active in the sport where these guys haven't been active. Well, Mike Tyson hasn't been active, but you know what I mean? That's pretty freaking sad. You know what I mean? Where Danny, you're, that's, you know, shame on you, bro. <laughs> shame on you, dude. I was saying to my guest last night uh, when I was live calling the fight, I said, this was like the perfect alley-oop pass for a slam dunk for tonight. I mean, this was just terrible. I mean, people that I mean, any real boxing fan that watched that last night is is probably looking forward to tonight's fights, <laughs> and um, that's really sad because I don't think we're going to get a good fight tonight with Jones and Tyson. I mean, we got two fifty year old guys in there, right. one guy who hasn't fought in a couple of years, but he's been pretty active. You know, he's been keeping himself in shape, and Roy Jones, and then. A guy like Mike Tyson, who hasn't fought since 2005, I believe. And, and, right. and in that fight, he just quit. He, he he got knocked down and just decided not to get up anymore. That was well, it. he did fight again, but it was an exhibition. Remember I was talking about that? How he killed oh, yeah, his right. opponent when he dropped him? But, I mean, because I, I, I'm still getting a lot of uh, leaving the ring emails and even texts on my phone. It's like, you're gonna, hey, dude, you're going to pay for the fight? You're going to watch it? I guess some folks think that I'm going to cave in because I've been so <laughs> adamant of saying I'm not buying this. I'm not paying for it. You know, um, and, and it's really because I'm looking at the undercard. OK, you got uh, Balu Jack, who's fighting a kid out of Sacramento who, dude, I mean, I think he has like, what, two or three knockouts on his record. And then you look up his record and nobody of recognition is on that on that roster of fighters he's fought. Then you got the YouTuber kid, Paul Jake or Jake Paul, whatever his name. And he's fighting <laughs> this what basketball player that yeah. I have no interest in. Um, and then, and then everybody else on there, I have no interest in watching as well. I'm like, these are really not fights that are going to move the needle for me, for me. Now, if you're looking to just be entertained, cause it's a Saturday. And like I said, we're still in this pandemic here in California. Uh, there's not a lot of places you can go. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the whole country right now, right? Still, there's not a lot of things you could do on a Saturday. I don't blame you to want to see and hope to see the glory days of Mike Tyson. I don't blame you for doing that. But me, I'm just one of those very, I guess you could say I'm a negative fight fan and, and because I don't want to be, or a hater like Blood said on the round table. Dan, you're just <laughs> being a hater. You know, um, yeah, maybe I am just being a hater. Why? Because I know for a fact we're not going to get, you know, that, that old spark 
that old spark feeling is not going to come back. It's just not going to be there with Mike Tyson or Roy Jones, you know. And I just, you know what? I'm going to wait for it to be, uh, you know, it's going to end up on YouTube immediately after the fight. After the fight's done, it goes up like, what, 10, 15 minutes? You're going to see it. So, well, all you suckers paid 60 bucks for it or however, however much it is, I'm going to get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're you telling me, I mean, I mean, you said you're not looking forward to the, the YouTube guy, the basketball player, the 250-year-old guy. So, you I mean, you're not looking forward to Little Wayne? I heard Little Wayne's supposed oh, to be Oh, Little Wayne's going to perform? Uh... <laughs> the Gremlin? Little Wayne the Gremlin is going to perform? No, yeah. I, I don't. You know, the thing about me, man, is that I'm gonna, I keep I, – it's talking about being stuck in the past. I'm still stuck in the past with the music of like Tupac and Biggie, Black Moon, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rakim, all those oh, guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still stuck in the past with that. Like, I still, like, I always, I have like different genre of music and stuff. I'll go over to the Rolling Stones, to the Doors, you know, stuff like that, you know. Um, but this new music, I've tried. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like I haven't tried, you know. I'm I'm a father of three boys and a, and a girl, and and they're all you know they're all in that time that age where I was where music was life. I'm still it's music is still life to me, but you know, they try to introduce me to the new stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, kids, I just can't do it. Sorry, yeah. you know, like you're old, Dad. You're old. I might be old, but I still got good taste. Yeah, about nah, that? I'm right there with you, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know who Little Wayne is. I'm not a fan of his music. I'm just. You know, I'm not I'm not the biggest hip hop fan. I'm just like you. I like the old school hip hop better. Um, it's just I'm a lyricist. Much better. Yeah. 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 If I got to break it down to what I am, I'm a lyricist. Like, for instance, the music of today, I can't get into, but I still watch like I still can watch the uh, uh, um, when they're competing, the freestyles, when the kids are going up there on the dock. Uh, I think that's what it's called. You know, when they go up and they 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 rap battle. I can watch that because they come in with a lot of lyrics, you know, they're, they're, they're real creative, you know, and uh, that I can enjoy because it's a battle. But when I'm listening to these other kids that are trying to rap uh, like 69, when none of it, honestly, there's no real poetry behind what they're saying. They're just saying words and then putting it together. I just can't get into that. It's just not for me. I can't relate to it. That's that gets, that's what it comes down to. And that's why I can't relate to the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Let me ask you, though, who do you got winning this fight, man? I know I, I know you said on the roundtable, but for folks that are going to listen to us on the locker room, who do you have winning this fight? Well, I'll tell you this, man. After I saw the weigh-in yesterday, um, you know, I, I know I said before on the roundtable that I was taking Tyson because I just don't trust Roy's chin, but I don't know, man. I think I'm going to change my pick. I think I'm going to roll with, with, with Roy Jones Jr. I was a Woo! Jones Jr. fan back in the day. And I don't know. Tyson, to me, just didn't look that good. Uh, he didn't look as cut up as he did or as solid as he did when I seen him. He's on wrestling not that long ago. And uh, he got into it with Chris Jericho on the, on the wrestling show. And, you know, he ripped off his T-shirt. And he looked. And then he looked really, really good. I seen him yesterday, man. I looks kind of like a grandpa now that that that, that might have been in shape <laughs> about twenty years ago, you know. So I'm gonna go with Roy, man. I just think uh, I think he's kept his body pretty healthy, and you know, I just think that he'll be able to fight a full eight minute or uh, eight rounds at two minutes apiece. I don't know if I can say the same for Tyson. I think if Tyson's gonna if he's gonna win, he's gonna have to try to catch him early, man. But I don't know, man. He, I think he's going to be getting tired down the stretch, man, for sure. So I'm going to roll with Roy now. I'm switching my pick last minute. Mm. I think D-Style got in your ear a little bit too much. Your co-host from Hispanics <laughs> causing panic there. Because I know D-Style's been riding with Roy Jones since the, since yeah. the announcement. 
of the fight. Uh, you know, I, I, you know what? I think you made some great valid points because if anybody's got fresher legs, it's going to be Roy Jones Jr. Um, here's another thing, though. Bada, who does one of the uh, uh, mm. tests in the game, have, have been involved in this. So that could probably add a plus of why you're not seeing Mike Tyson is cut up. You Absolutely. Know? Um, yeah. As we were seeing him earlier before the fight was being signed, before that fight was even signed and even talked about when he was, when Iron Mike was talking about a comeback, remember those videos that he was posting? I mean, dude, he was shredded. He was cut to the max. Mm-hmm. Seeing him on that way in, it was like, what happened to the Instagram, Mike? Because he didn't show up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he didn't show up to his way in here, you know. Uh yeah, you know, I mean, I'm kind of now, now that you're mentioning all this right here, I'm like rethinking it. But I got to stick to Iron Mike, land something pretty good, solid, and probably makes probably makes uh, Roy Jones hesitate. But the, uh, well, the, you know what? There really can't be a clear winner in this one. It's just going to be fans basically debating who won the fight. Because if I remember correct, there are no judges for this fight, right? No official judges, yes. Yeah. Um, but there are three celebrity judges, which, I mean... Oh, that's they, right. They switched the rules on this thing. So here's here's the thing that makes me hesitant about even ordering this fight. They came out, and I, I did some research, and there was an announcement where they were talking about all these rules. This was on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tuesday this week, the, the week of the fight. And oh. from what I heard then, there was supposed to be no winner... No knockout. You can't knock somebody out. Nobody's going to win because there's no official <laughs> judges. So I'm like, okay, yeah. like, why even buy it then if there's going to be no winner? Then I hear two days later, oh, they changed the rule. Now you can't knock somebody out. Now there is going to be a winner. Like, so, okay, so what's to say if these guys get more pay-per-view buys because they changed the rules midweek? What's to say that they can't change the rules after the fights, the, the fight card started already? Like, oh, you know, guys, we decided to the, go ahead and throw the headgear yeah. back on. Now, and, that, you, you, know, now like, that you suckers <laughs> bought it, we, yeah. we're going to change everything. <laughs> Who's to say they can't do that, you know? Right. Yeah. I know. It's such a, you know, it, it honestly feels like it's going to probably be another DAZN night with uh, like uh, Jacobs and, and, and Rosardo uh, uh, where they, they may possibly possibly do that. And who's commentating this anyways? Is it going to be celebrities as well? That's going to be, you know? That's a good question. I don't know. The only, the only other details that I know is again that uh, Christy Martin, Vinny Pazienza and, and bad Chad Dawson. I don't even know how he got thrown in the mix, but he's going to be a, a, an unofficial judge. Well, that's not um, bad. At least that's good. Actually, that's not bad. You know, I, um, Vinny, Martin, and, and Dawson is not bad. I, 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 when you said celebrity, like, judges, I was thinking, like, uh, that dude, Donnie Balabuche, and, oh. like, <laughs> Gary Springer, or maybe possibly Oprah Winfrey there as, one, as the judges. You know, they've never judged a fight in, in their lives, but they're there to be the official, unofficial judges for Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. You know, you know, I asked uh, D style this question when we did uh, Spanish cause of panic this week, being that Vinny, Vinny Pazienza is one of the judges. Like, you think that he would be biased against Roy since Roy beat him up pretty good and then put him in a rap song, you know? <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, you know, he already knows who won, who's winning this fight, no matter what. <laughs> Mike didn't even throw a punch and Vinny's going to say like, oh, no, he won that fight. 
He won the fight. <laughs> Remember, let's not forget this. Vinny Panzenza is on is on the side of, of uh, Deontay Wilder of why Deontay Wilder shouldn't have lost against uh, Tyson Fury. Let's not forget that. So that's yeah. not a cookie, a cuckoo thought to think about Vinny Panzenza there, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So in a few minutes, man, in a few minutes here, because I got to get going here, because I got to sit down and get ready for the uh, ESPN Plus fight card, the heavyweight between Daniel Dubois and uh, Joe Joyce, bro. Who do you got? Who do you picking on this fight happening? I'm taking Dubois, man. I just think he's much sharper with his punches. I think he, it's a little bit harder than Joyce. Plus Joyce is just too slow. He gets hit a lot. That's God. what I'm thinking, man. But, you know, heavyweight fights, you know, that's the thing. Anything can happen in those fights, man. But I'm going with Dubois for sure. You know, you know, Joe Joyce. Uh, I saw a few people, even guys that were hitting me up on Leave the Ring. They're like, "Your guys, your guys, you, Dave, you're not giving him credit." Let's look at his whole resume. Uh, you know, Olympian. He's fought in the World Series uh, 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 boxing, uh, which was that you know the the team, the team uh, um, boxing that they were trying to create. Uh, but I'm I'm like guys. I'm looking at yeah. I see the resume. You know, uh, Stavern. Uh, guys like that, he's beaten. But Stavern was really not Stavern anymore, you know? It wasn't the Stavern that went out and knocked out and beat the crap out of Chris Namer or Yella. Uh, but I keep going off of how slow he's. Like, he just mentioned right now, dude, how slow this guy is that even at one point I thought, and I'm not even joking, and people think I'm joking about this, when I was like, dude, is there something wrong with my internet? I'm like, I, <laughs> I think there's something wrong with my internet. That's how slow this guy is. And... uh Dubois just goes out there. Daniel Dubois just goes out there, and he's got the speed. He's got actually did the glimpse of what people are hoping to see tonight from Mike Tyson. He actually has a glimpse of Iron Mike, the speed, the power, um, that 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 ferociousness that Mike used to carry. Uh, you know, Daniel has that. He carries that. You know, so that's why I expect him just to kind of be all over uh, Joy. Uh, Joe Joyce, when I expect, I, you know what? I expect 10 punches landed on Joe Joyce when he's, thro- when he's just throwing out a left hook. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I thought there was something wrong with my internet. No, the guy is just really slow. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm not even shitting you. I was like going like, dude, my internet is so fucking bad that they're making this guy look even slower. But then everybody was, I saw everybody on, on the social media feed like, dude, this guy is really slow. And I'm like, holy smokes, he is slow. He is really that slow. And that's not even a joke. You know what I mean? Like, we're not even joking about how slow this guy is. Um, yeah, I'm expecting a one-sided beatdown. I, I, I think I've said this on a roundtable. I don't think he gets goes past four rounds, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty decisive sound beating by Dubois on Joyce. But, again, heavyweight fights, man, you just never know. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen. One thing that comes to mind is, uh, I don't know if you remember this fight from back in the day, but when Tommy Morrison was set up to fight Mike Tyson, all he had to do was get past Ooh. Michael Bent. Yep. He goes out there in the first round, looks like he's getting ready to get him out of there in one round, and he gets clipped with something big. Goes down and then he gets up, goes down again, gets up, goes down again, and then the fight is over. Over. So, but the thing with Michael Bent though is that Michael Bent actually had average speed. Where, dude, Joe, Joe, the juggernaut. <laughs> I, I don't even know what speed. What speed do you put him under? Super slow, very slow, or just unordinarily slow? Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, AOL uh, dial up slow. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt about oh, that. <laughs> oh, you know, all jokes aside, like, like I said, you know, uh, 
Antonio Margarito, even uh, 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 Jaime Morgia, they're sitting back and going, that look, guys, now that's slow. Mm-hmm. We're slow, but that's really, really, really slow. But like you said, it's a heavyweight uh, division. Um, this fight, obviously, is going to lead the winner to the big possibilities of facing the likes of, like, AJ, Deontay Wilder, uh, even Andy Ruiz, to, uh, you know, Tyson Fury. Uh, so whoever who pulls this off, which, like I said, though, I think is just going to be Dubois. Dubois, uh, I think that he just has the goods. Um, he looks like the guy that possibly could reign for a couple of years. But that all can change because the heavy du- heavyweight division is obviously very stacked, very deep. And we haven't seen it this deep in years. Yeah, very true. Um, and that's good, man. It's it's always a good thing for boxing when the heavyweights um, got some stuff going on because – uh, people like heavyweights, people like the knockout and, you know, that's where you most likely would get knockouts is in the heavyweight division. So right. that's always a good thing, man. And that's, that's good for us, man, because this is the sport we love. So let's keep this thing going. Let's keep this momentum rolling here, man. I know two undefeated heavyweight uh, fighters going out there, both explosive with power, not with speed. Only one of them's got speed. They both though have some real, real heavyweight power there. So let's just run it down really quick. Who you think is, I, you, you picked uh, Tyson. No, I picked Tyson. You're picking Roy Jones. You changed your, changed yeah. your after seeing the weigh-in. I saw a bloated, uh, bloated <laughs> grandfather bod, bod on Roy Jones Jr. Uh, that's what I was like, holy smokes. And then Mike Tyson obviously didn't bring his Instagram body to the weigh-in. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, again, I'm not buying the fight. I'm going to stand my ground here. G, are you buying the fight, G? Are you going to buy it or are you going to wait for it to come out on? on uh, oh, man. I'm still undecided right now, man. It's going to be a last-minute thing for me. You're going to do it. FaceTime me if you do it so I can watch it there. <laughs> you know, I definitely will if I decide to get it. Um, there's a good chance, though, because, you know, with, with the rap guys like Lil Wayne and, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. But there's another guy who's uh-huh. going to be rapping time. His name is The Baby. And oh to, yeah, the baby. That guy likes yeah. to fight with everybody. I heard. <laughs> I had to check with my sister in law who listens to this this hip hop stuff, you know. And she, I, I had to confirm. Like, is this guy's name really the baby? Like, I mean, what's <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, because we thought the president of the United States was the baby. Turns out there was a rapper <laughs> that took that name already. That's why Trump can't hashtag the baby. <laughs> so right. there's a good chance she might want to actually come over and see it and and and, and plus she and, and this is how bad it is for boxing nowadays i was gonna she's say a, that she's a big casual fan she she would only watch boxing if it was on somewhere where she was at she was hanging out at a friend's house or something and she knew right away oh yeah i know mike tyson i remember him i, I remember roy jones and so there's an opportunity that i might get it just for that if she decides to come over but we'll see man I had somebody just recently go like, oh, I know Mike Tyson. I thought he was dead. <laughs> no, he's, he's still alive. And he's still fighting? Like, yeah, he's, he's still fighting and stuff. You know how bad it is that they have to put rap artists in between the, the, the bouts to yeah. intrigue casual fans to buy this? Even though they're saying that there's a possibility, bro, it's going to break some records. Uh, there's a lot of pre-buys. So, I mean, that's actually pretty good. Now, I said this on the last locker room. Uh, a segment that I did uh, this uh, earlier this week. I said, "Look, I think as we all know, we we as boxing hardcore boxing fans, we're going to tune into the real fights. But the people that really keep this sport thriving and staying alive on the lifeline that we have, because we've been hearing this for the past thirty years that boxing is dead. Boxing is going to die. UFC is going to kill it. 
which I used to say for years, it's kind of weird that another sport is dependent on one sport to be killed off, right? But the truth is, is that casual fans have always brought boxing back with the big money. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Now, if this comes off with Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., you may say, if you're not a boxing fan, you're one of these UFC fans or NBA, NFL, and they're like, my God, you guys had to have two old guys, you know, uh, keep your sport alive. Well, well, they didn't really keep our sport alive, but they actually were able to fool a lot of people to jump in on the bandwagon and hoping to see a glimpse of the old Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. That's why boxing is never going to go anywhere. There's always one little match that will make you go, hey, I want to check this out. I may not be one of them because I think there's just far too many other good matches that are going to happen, you know, that's going to finish off this year. One being that's going to happen in about another 10 minutes is going to start the cards. The undercard should be starting on ESPN+. But, again, hey, uh, everybody, check out G-Funk on the Hispanics Causing Panic on a D-Style channel, YouTube channel, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and then also check out G-Funk's YouTube channel. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, go to G-Funky Boxing and check out his Wednesday night uh, Hispanic Causing Panic Censor uh, show, right? Yes, the Uncensored show is where we uh, talk about some hot topics and we get a little, uh, you know, we get a little crazy sometimes. So, yeah, come check me out, man. Yeah, and you can always find us on Monday night. No, we haven't been on a regular schedule Monday because, uh, you know, uh, actually, uh, uh, my co-host, Emil Carr, he hurt his back. So he's been on some meds here and he's been a little loopy. So he's, he hasn't had the opportunity but we'll be back this Monday. We got a lot of stuff to talk about for this Monday show. We got Spence Garcia. Uh, we got, uh, you know, just a lot of topics. We're going to talk about the the results of uh, this past weekend fights as well. Again, G-Funk, man, thanks for coming on, man, chopping it up here with me on the Locker Room app. Anytime, man. Anytime I'm free and you need someone to come on, man, you know, just get a hold of me, man. I love talking boxing, man. This is This is what we do, you know? This is what we do, brother. Okay, man, as always, folks. Don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Have a great night.